What's up and welcome in y'all to a fresh week of Locked on Bulls content wherever you find your podcast and here on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Up ahead on today's Monday episode, we got to talk about a bunch of different stuff. The Bulls add a couple of names on non-guaranteed contracts to their training camp competition. We'll take a look at those guys and how they might be competing for a roster spot. We'll also take a look at some recent comments from former Bull Tomas Sadaransky talking to a Czech media member about his departure from Chicago and how he felt a little slighted from the new front office. And we'll wrap things up looking at the Hall of Fame induction of the waiter, the Croatian sensation, Mr. Tony Kukoc, who joined the hall over the weekend. That's all next on a fresh Locked on Bulls. Let's go. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up? Welcome in, y'all. Hope you had a great weekend, despite that outcome on Sunday Night Football for all you Bears fans out there. Yeah, exactly. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. That is my partner, Big Dave. You can follow him on Twitter at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. You can follow us at Locked on Bulls. You can also shoot us an email, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com, or send us texts and voicemails at 331-979-1369 for our weekly mailbag content. Uh, we will do some voicemails later on this week, we promise. So give us a call, or if you already have given us a call, hang tight, because we'll do some voicemails later this week. Big yeah. Dave, first thing on the docket, we're just going to breeze right past that ugly Bears game. Don't want to talk about it. This is a Bulls sure. podcast, but go yeah. listen to Locked on Bears with Lauren Cox. It's a great podcast. Yes. Um, the Bulls added a little bit of training camp competition here. Uh, so in addition to the, the both of the Johnsons and, and Matt Thomas, which we discussed last week, they also added Ethan Thompson, a guy who was on Summer League, uh, Oregon State, undrafted, and uh, Tyler Cook, a Iowa product, big player for that Iowa team that made it to uh, quarterfinals in, in March Madness, a Big Ten, yeah. uh, all Big Ten player who's bounced around to four different NBA teams through the past two seasons. Right. Uh, the other interesting elements to this, and we learned this from Bobby Marks over the weekend, is the non-guarantees of some of these contracts. Stanley Johnson, Ethan Thompson, and Matt Thomas are non-guaranteed contracts. Alizé Johnson, 250K guarantee if not waived by October 19th, and his second year has a July 2nd guarantee date. So actually, as we have it, there are only 13 guaranteed contracts for this Bulls roster right now. Four non-guaranteed contracts. What are your thoughts on these recent developments as far as rounding out this roster? Uh, more wonderful, shrewd moves uh, by the front office. Um, just, you know, rounding out your roster, filling it out, but not giving out, you know, those super guaranteed contracts and locking guys in. Still, still you have to prove some things, you know, because obviously they want to bolster up not just uh, their 15, but also their G League and the guys, you know, who are going to be in the um, – We'll call it the minor league if you want. I call it the G League, but yeah, the guys who are going to be down there playing, uh, you want to bolster that up and you know give those guys an opportunity to grow. But I like the two guys they got. Uh, Tyler Cook, I had to look up about. I didn't know much about Tyler Cook. I know he went to uh, school in your favorite state. Um, so, but the one thing I did see, Matt, is again 
and can't ever really have a tight. Tyler, he, Tyler Cook, six foot eight, can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been with quite a few teams. I believe he was in Denver also uh, for the 2020 season. He was with them for a little bit. So yep. um, I don't know if there was a connection there, even though AK was here. I still don't know if there was a connection with that. I don't know. Um, but Ethan Thompson, I definitely saw. I definitely saw him when he was at Oregon State uh, and saw how he played. And I liked him. I, I liked the fire that he plays with. Um, I like the scrappiness and the toughness that he kind of plays with. Um Playing that point guard position, and again, they have a type. He's six foot five, and he can play multiple positions. So they definitely have a type. But I really like him. I do. I like the fact that he'll get you steals. Also, uh, he'll guard your defender, and he puts in effort. Like that's the one word I could keep having for uh, Ethan Thompson is effort. He has no problem going out there and being scrappy with that. Uh, all four years at Oregon State, um, I think he came out uh, and, and went undrafted, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, yeah, so and but, you know, he was on the Bulls uh, uh, summer league team. And I'm sure you guys saw him because you can't miss the hair. Uh, you saw him that way. But yeah, I like Ethan Thompson. I, I like him and I like how he played. Tyler Cook, like I said, I'm not as familiar with. Uh, but Ethan Thompson, I, I definitely like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's likely that either of these guys end up beating out either Stanley Johnson or Alizé Johnson for roster spots. Fair. With Fair. Ethan Thompson in particular, yeah, he's he's kind of a combo guard that can do a bunch of different things, but the Bulls are so deep in the backcourt already. I, I don't Fair. see him really getting a shot in, in training camp to actually eke out a spot. You know, maybe mm-hmm. as an undrafted guy, they'll, they'll sign him to that other two-way spot that is available. Uh, you know, D- uh, Devon Dotson has one of those two-way contracts. They still have one at their disposal if they want to use it. Maybe he sneaks in there. But mm-hmm. with, with Cook, obviously, you you know, logic stands to reason that he, as a combo forward, would provide depth at a position where the Bulls still do need that depth. We like yeah. Alizé Johnson as a depth signing there. Um, but he's like, if someone has a better shot between these two that we mm-hmm. haven't discussed yet, Thompson and Cook, you want to say that, that, that Cook probably has a little bit of a better shot. But I still don't see either of these guys beating out Alizé Johnson, Stanley Johnson, even though those guys are on non-guaranteed contracts. I just like the fact that this is another example of AK and Eversley keeping their options open, playing the field, yes. Bring, yes. Like, you know, due diligence, do your jobs, yes. as yes. our old pal Tom Thibodeau would say. This yeah. is AK and Eversley doing their jobs to say, hey, we're pretty pleased with what we've done and what we've built this offseason, and we've overhauled this roster, but that doesn't mean our job stops here. Let's keep yeah. looking for lurking talent, for for undiscovered talent, and especially including got a guy who was undrafted just recently, and a guy like Cook who has bounced around and played for four different teams, you know, spanning two seasons. Yeah. Uh, a, a young journeyman who hasn't found a landing spot yet. Give those guys a look in training yeah. camp. And look, yeah. we we uh, we're only a couple weeks removed from training camp now, and I think the great thing, whether you're talking about depth guys flyer guys like this or your starting lineup we have seen via social media the bulls posts players posts on instagram everybody's on board now like lonzo Mm -hmm. ball i think was the last to arrive he -hmm. shared a picture of the advocate center and and working out at the advocate center the other day everyone like everyone is on board zach's in the gym vooch is in the gym demar's in the gym caruso's in the gym they're all working out together and building chemistry together and we're still two weeks from training camp I'm so excited, as you can tell and see. And so you can tell and see Matt is so excited as well. But back to the, the point that you were, you were making, 
about them bolstering the lineup and doing their due diligence and doing their job. You're absolutely right. And it's great to see because it's like they're like, okay, we got our 15, but are we champions? Are we winners? Because it, it feels like this is what winning teams do, Matt. You know what I mean? Like they don't stop. There, there, there hasn't been a stop. There hasn't been a point that they said, all right, we're satisfied. Or they've looked at their books and said, monetarily, we're, we're done. No, they've looked at their books and said, okay, monetarily, how can we squeeze in a couple more things? What else can we do here to help this team and, and to bolster our lineup? And like I said, bolster uh, the G League. That's really what these two signings meant to me, Matt. Like it just meant bolstering the G League and giving those guys the opportunity there. Because um, looking at guys like Devin Dotson, and let me say something about Devin Dotson, and, and y'all know we're not talking about him, but he he must really provide something that they truly like uh, in as far as like how he plays and his toughness, because he is really like the shortest person on 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 this roster. He's mm-hmm. not a tall guard, and they've shown that they don't like tall guards. So to keep him on the roster lets you know how they kind of feel about him and you know what his game is kind of uh, saying to them. So shout out to Devin Dotson. I just wanted to say that real quick. But, yeah, man, it, it just feels good because these moves that they made, these guys in previous regimes would be definitely competing for roster spots. And now it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like, okay, we'll see you guys in the preseason. You know, we'll see how right. you do, and then I'll, I'll talk to you in the G League, and, you know, let's go have a good season. That's really how it feels. Um, if somebody balls out and showcases something, like you said, Matt, I don't I don't see them uh, beating out, you know, Alizé or Stanley or anything like that. But if one of these guys balls out and does something, not only does it help your G League, it also bolsters trade value. So maybe teams see that and they're like, oh, man, these guys are solid. Maybe we might want them. Well, guess what? Toss us some picks. You know, toss right. us this. And it might help you that way. So I just I agree with you, Mike, Matt. They're doing their job. And, they're, and like you said, their due diligence as far as just getting every player that can kind of help this team within the confines and of, of how uh, they're structured uh, within the organization, monetarily, physically, every kind of way. They're, they're exhausting all possibilities and using everything they got to make this team better, and I love that. Yeah, it is great. Uh, and look, maybe we'll, we will get a closer look at a handful of these guys in some preseason games once they – give Zach and Vooch and, and the main characters a little bit of run and say, okay, let's shut this down until, until our real games start with Detroit uh, in, in the season opener. Uh, one last final note on, on cook for me. I, yeah. you know, there's a lot of overlap in what we can see Alzay Johnson providing and what he provides, uh, you know, a, a forward who does not stretch the floor like cook, does not shoot threes at all, but yeah. like Johnson is a very efficient player around the basket Mm-hmm. With his uh, his twenty some twenty eight games with the Pistons last season, which is by far mm-hmm. the most games he's had in any of his four stops so far in his NBA career, with okay. those twenty eight Pistons games, he had sixty eight percent from the floor. Okay. Like the dude, if he gets a look around the rim, is gonna make it. He is very mm-hmm. efficient as a player who offers what he does offer on the offensive end, and also like Alize, will do some work on the boards. He averaged eight rebounds per thirty six in those twenty eight games with the Pistons, uh, mm-hmm. and like Alize Johnson, a good percentage of that, a good percentage of that work and those numbers coming on the offensive glass. So that another guy that you're talking about who could maybe give your team some extra possessions. But again. Uh, a long road ahead for him or oh, Ethan Thompson yeah, yeah, to earn themselves yeah. a, a final spot on this 15. I still believe that Alizé and Stanley are, are going to be the ones to to round that out. 
All right, so that is that. We'll see if we get any more updates uh, when when we hear from from the team when training camp starts about these fringe guys and impressions they might be making. Speaking of fringe guys, shout out to Archie, who maybe is getting some interest from the Golden State Warriors right now. Go that make be that awesome. Warrior squad. Go make that work, baby. Go do We're that. For you. Y'all We're need him go to state. Y'all need him go to state. Everybody needs an Archie on their team. Everybody, Everybody needs an Archie. Uh, all right, but Dave, we got to we got to talk. Speaking of people no longer on this Bulls team, we got to talk about Sato and some comments he had over the weekend. Before we do that, would you like to tell our listeners about Sweat Block? Because we've reached the middle of September, but it is still hot as heck here in Chicago. You know, I was hanging out with my man Matt Peck yesterday when I showed up. You know, I had my shorts on and it was like 85 degrees outside. So, yeah, it was not a, a fun day of being outside. It was definitely hot and definitely humid. And because of that reason, you know what I did? I grabbed that, you know what? I grabbed that sweat block, dabbed it up under the arms, and Matt will attest to you because I hugged him. Dry as a bone, baby. As a Not bone. Tripping. As a bone, baby. You didn't feel nothing. Nothing. It was amazing. It was great. I love sweat block. It really, truly works, y'all. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Works up to seven days per use. That means you get a package of 10, you using one, that's seven days and you straight and you good to go, guys. That's a great deal. It's that dry shirt guarantee, which is what I love. If sweat block does not keep you dry, you get your dinero back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show. And it's been tested by firefighters, the hottest people on the planet, because man, they got to run up in fire. It's in the name, firefighters, all right? This is what they do. It's manufactured here in the good old U.S. Bay. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, y'all. So you can wear what you want. It's your little secret of confidence. And when you're going out on your trips and say you're about to go on a date, you know, say you're about to go on an interview or something, you're nervous, step up in that bathroom, dab, dab up under there, come in with some new confidence, ready to go and kill it and do what you do, man. So now this is what you do. You go to sweatblock.com today, today, do this. Go there and get yourself 20% off using the promo code locked on use the promo code locked on 20% off or you can go to Amazon or you can go to CVS and you'll get that same deal using that same beautiful promo code y'all so go ahead grab it get you some sweat block because you're gonna need it sweat block stay dry today's episode is also brought to you by direct tv stream does this sound familiar You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's ex-dog and their login to get the good stuff. Yeah, that's right. Dogs have streaming accounts now, Dave, and you got to borrow them sometimes. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together, especially now. NFL season is here. You want a good way to stream all the games you want. NBA's right around the corner. You want to be able to stream all that too and your favorite shows all in one place. So here's the solution. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you your live TV, your on-demand favorites, brings them together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, your favorite movies, and shows all in one place. And that means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best mm-hmm. part, there's no annual contract. That's right, Dave. None. No annual contract. Zero. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Big Dave. Yes, sir. Um <laughs> I was wondering how I was going to introduce this topic 
but basically, I, I the way I thought of this is we hear often from former Bulls who have now moved on and are no longer with the team, mention the team in a less than flattering light. Yes. Especially yeah. in the old regime. Players yes. like Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. after leaving the Bulls saying, yeah, I wasn't really a fan of how they ended things with me. Yeah. Here, here we have the latest example of that, but it is with the new front office. This isn't players saying, oh, you know, Gar this or John that or the organization, you know, don't feel respected, whatever, whatever. This is Tomas Adaransky, who spent two mm. seasons with the Bulls as a he, he's going to give you the devil every night, six, six and six. You know, <laughs> there, there, were, there were some nights when I argued in favor of him. I remember on Outsiders episodes, you and I would battle about who should start between Sato oh, yeah. and Kobe. Absolutely. But the dude. Generally speaking, I would say did not live up to even the modest expectations that we had for him bringing him in here after his his solid um, season with Washington. So that being the case, he added an interesting wrinkle to the, the commentary of former Bulls basically saying all I got from AK was a text and I thought that that was not very nice. Big Dave, what did you think about this? The hell are you talking about, dude? <laughs> what are you for real? Look, what did you want? Did you want a parade? Did you want your name up in lights? Did you want a montage? Is that what you wanted? What did you want from this dude? What did you want? A phone call? What did you want? How you you got what your game dictated? That's exactly what you got. What your game dictated that you would get. So you give up, like Matt said, you put up the devil stat line all the time, constantly. I know it because I read it on Bulls Outsiders pretty much every single night. I would read your stat line. Five points, four rebounds, three assists. Six points, two rebounds, four assists. And you would play 30 minutes. (laughs) You would play an entire game and put up the same stat line all the time. Now, granted, you, I remember the stretch he had where he was averaging about like 16 and 8. And and he played a, quite a few games, and, I, and he was being he was very very solid. And I said, man, if he can continue this up, you won't hear me argue about him and Kobe again. He did not keep that up, and so the arguments continued <laughs> between Matt and I, and that's how it went. But you got exactly what your game dictated. I understand maybe your feelings might be hurt. Maybe he wanted a phone call. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he just wanted that, dude. No, you in the NBA still? That's what you get. That's that's mm-hmm. your thank you is that you are still in the NBA, that you are still on a roster, that you're on a team with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. That's your thank you right there. Because he could have sent you to Sacramento. You know what I'm Mm. saying? He could have sent you off to just despair. No, he sent you to a team that actually has talent and a team that I think you'll actually be solid for. A team where you can actually compete for the starting point guard because they're not locked in at starting point guard. They're just not. They're not locked in at that position. You'll have a chance to do something. But, dude, mad because these dudes just said, text you and said, hey, man, thank you. Appreciate your time here in Chicago. What did you want? I don't I don't understand what you want. You got what your game dictated, and, and that's what you deserved, in my opinion. You, you also got $20 million over the last two seasons. That's nice, too, right? And $10 million. That's part of the business. I'm I'm sorry, Sato, but I'm not sorry. Look, I, I I can understand if some Bulls fans might worry about this. Like, mm, you know, like we're, we're trying to get past that image of like Bulls players leave this organization and then say shitty things about them 
or that they they didn't feel respected or listened to. Or I don't think this example falls into that category. I don't. No. I think this is a simple example of business is business. AK is a businessman. And yes. what was what was the bigger problem for for the previous front office in so many ways over so many years? Loyalty and too much of it. No. Boom. Business is business. This yes. is a basketball decision. This is a yep. basketball transaction. You're part of a trade. Thank you. Goodbye. Moving on. Okay. Did we also pay you $20 million for your two seasons of mediocre work? Because, yeah, we did. did. You want a yeah. love letter at the end of it? So, <laughs> Dear AK. Just, so I, I paraphrased at the beginning of this, but just in case any of you didn't see this out here, here is the exact quote from Tomas Sadaransky. And, by the way, the source is the Czech Daily Sport. Shout out. Quote. It was terse. You're in the city for two years. You fight for them. You live for the team. And then you receive a text from general manager Karnishevis, quote, thanks for your time in Chicago, end quote. That was the only thing I got from him. But I'm not angry. You can't be emotional in that moment. But when one thinks about it, after two years of hard work, it's actually pretty brutal. It, it sounds like he is angry and emotional about it, doesn't it? <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. He's angry and emotional. Listen, when I'm at my job and the job lets you go, I don't get any message from the boss. The boss might say, hey, good luck on your endeavors and move on. You know what I mean? That's what you. That's what's supposed to happen at a job. Like, I'm not expecting to come in and it's applause, you know, and, and I'm not expecting to come in and they've got balloons and cards and parades and stuff for me, you know, even though I got that on one of my other jobs. But still, that's because I'm awesome. But still, like, you can't be out here expecting to get those things. You out here putting up those terrible stat lines. Two years? He made it seem like he had a career here. He was two years, man. Like, like the two years, like, obviously the two, him saying the two years just made it sound worse to me. Like, it just really did make it sound worse. And what, now, what I am now wanting to see is when he comes back, will there be a Tomas Sadaransky montage? You know I'm waiting to see if this is going to happen. Because I remember how good it felt to laugh with Matt when Jabari Parker came up in here playing half a season and got himself a montage. And Why? the joy on my face watching Why? Matt be angry about it was the absolute best, one of the top three moments for me in outside of history that you all didn't see. But I just want to know if he's going to get that. Now, if he gets no. that, will he feel different? Will he feel better? No. Will that help no. him? No, no. I mean, at least Jabari is like a Chicago guy, so you felt some kind of connection. But again, Fair. the fact that they gave him a thank you is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, we grossly overpaid you to do nothing for half a season. Welcome back. We miss you. No. 16 and 8. No, 16 and 8. No one, no one missed you. Not, not a single person I, missed you. I did, Jabari. Don't listen to him. I missed you. Thank you for coming back. Thank you. I love Jabari Parker. Shout out to him. Look, it, to me, it's simple. No, I, a Sato tribute would be ridiculous if he <laughs> be ridiculous, right? and plays, you know, because <laughs> uh, we got Bulls Pels uh, like right out of the gate to start. Right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like Lonzo versus the old team. It's like now, now it has to be the, the Sato revenge game because he feels slighted. Like, dude, no. I'm going to get seven points. <laughs> like, I'm going to do it up. As far as, like, is this a concern as far as how players view this new front office and maybe they're too harsh and they're, you know, they're not loyal to their players and they, they don't feel, they don't make their players feel appreciated. Sato feeling like this is nothing. 
What's no. more important is that Zach Levine feels Bean. listened to right now, Bean. feels Bean. appreciated right Bean. now. Said, hey guys, I would love for you to go out and get these players for me to play with. And they did. Yeah. Zach yeah. Levine's happiness and his emotional state of where he sees himself as being appreciated by this front office while he's still here playing mm -hmm. basketball in a Bulls jersey is like incalculably more important than Sato feeling a little slighted because all he got was a short text on his way out of town. Yeah. Hey, guess what? That just tells you how AK handles business. At least you got a text, Sato. Because yes. you know what we haven't yes. we haven't heard and probably don't know for sure. Felicio didn't even get a text. Denzel <laughs> didn't even get a text. There are guys who left and got nothing. So right. Sato, you you take that thank you text from AK and you appreciate it for what it is and, yeah. and be glad that it wasn't nothing. And good luck in New Orleans. Next. Good luck. Good luck in New Orleans. And one one thing I wanted to add to that, because I, I was watching Michael Irvin talk about this. God, there really are levels to this stuff, okay? Because Matt just mentioned with the person we're concerned about well-being is your best player, and it's Zach Levine. I heard Mark Irvin Gray make a point where he said, I came in late to practice one day with a, with a player who was a kick returner on our team. He was a really good one. He said, I walked in, Jimmy Johnson opened the door, looked at me and said, Michael, I'm so disappointed in you. Get in here. And he looked at the kick returner and said, you get your stuff and you go home. <laughs> there's, because there's levels to this. You don't kick out Michael Irvin, but you gotta. You don't give a, a you know, fond farewell to the kick returner. Tomas Sadoransky got exactly what Tomas Sadoransky was supposed to get for what Tomas Sadoransky did while he was here. That's what you're supposed to get. Hey, thank you. Have a good one. Holla back. That's what you're supposed to get, dog. Like, I don't know what else you wanted. I mean, I don't know what else he needed. Honestly, I really don't. And yeah, shout out to you because you still got a job, bro. Like you are still in the league and you got 20 mil, like Matt said. You got 20 mil, though. That's crazy. I didn't even put that together till Matt said that. You got 20 mil. You good. <laughs> you gonna be all right, man. So yeah, you're still beloved in your country. He plays great for his international team at home. And now he's on the New Orleans Pelicans. And I'm sure the Bulls, some Bulls players still got love for you. I know Zach and Kobe definitely still got love for you on the team. So that's what's going to matter. And I'm sure when AK sees you, when you get back, he's going to shake your hand. You know, if he's like, hey, what's up? How you doing, man? Give you a handshake or something like that. Does he have to? No. <laughs> do I care if he does? No, I don't. But, dude, like, you got to relax on that, man. Like, what else did you want? I really want to know what else he wanted, man. I just I just really, truly want to know. Uh, may maybe, Big Dave, what he wanted, and maybe he was frustrated because he couldn't find it because he didn't know about it. Was was good, reliable car parts at good prices. Maybe, maybe, Fair. maybe, maybe Sato does not know about Rock Auto. You want to tell Sato about Rock Auto? Let me help him out right now, man. We're gonna put that to an end, baby. Because now, when you're going down New Orleans, you know they got them ill cars down there in New Orleans, man. Shout out New Orleans, my favorite city in the world. I love you, New Orleans. Now, New Orleans, everybody else worldwide, listen up, because it's RockAuto.com time. Now you know what them ever increasing numbers of making models there's so many cars out there everybody's got a car service you know you don't know what to keep up with and you're like oh my god i'm gonna need this on the car i'm gonna need that on the car so many parts you're gonna need for it well guess what calm yourself relax because now you got rockauto.com you can save your time you can save your money you don't even have to go into these dealerships you don't even have to go into these places you can sit right at home in your comfy chair wearing whatever you want to just pull out your mobile device or get your computer, type in rockauto.com, and the savings will begin instantly. 
It's a family-owned business serving those do-it-yourselfers over 20 years. Reliably low prices for every single customer. That means you too, Thomas Sadoransky. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You know you want some new carpet on that, man. It is important. So this is what you do. You go to rockauto.com right now. You see all the parts that are available for your car or your truck. And then the most important thing, you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us section? Right, locked on right in there. That's going to let the people know that my man Matt and me, myself, Big Dave, sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Let's let Tomas Sadoransky hear us together, y'all. Rock Auto. Tomas! Get some car parts, Tomas. Maybe you'll feel better about yourself. Uh, all right. Last thing on the agenda today, Big Dave. Tony Kukoc. Tony! Sixth man for the 72 and 10 champion Bulls in 95 96. Uh, his international resume and accomplishments is literally too long to list. I was looking at it earlier today. I mean, <laughs> starting from U16 teams with FIBA, just gold medals everywhere. He's got three EuroLeague titles, EuroLeague MVPs. He's got a FIBA world championship, you know, a silver and two Olympics. The guy is just obviously. Wonderful international career. Then comes to the NBA because of Jerry Krause and his scouting. Joins the Bulls um, and and is basically an immediate success in, in the season in 93-94, his rookie year. Sans MJ is a part of that Bulls team that is, without MJ, still pretty darn good. He's got buzzer beaters. We've got yes. the whole, you know, Tony shot against the Knicks thing. Yes. Seeing him get inducted into the Hall of Fame over the weekend – Sitting there with, with Michael Jordan and Jerry Reinsdorf representing him, it, it made me smile, man, because mm. you can you can talk about underappreciated bulls uh over the course of this, you know, you know, going back to the team's you know founding in 1966. I, I wouldn't say that Tony is necessarily one of the most underappreciated, but mm. I do still think that there is this weird uh conversation among NBA Twitter and NBA heads that say, eh, Tony wasn't that good. Like, Tony doesn't mm. deserve the Hall of Fame, and I think that those people are ridiculous. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we were talking in our text thread with our guys Bulldog and John about mm. a comment that our, our friend Sam Smith, who's been covering the Bulls since way back Legend. when Tony was still playing overseas, and he, he, he made a Luka comparison, right? Like, yeah. if Tony doesn't come to be a complimentary sixth man on a Bulls team that had Scotty and then once again had MJ – if he went to his own team in his prime, he could have been Luca. We all said, I don't know about that. But that doesn't that. mean it doesn't mean he is not a player who shifted the landscape of the NBA from an American sport to a global sport. Mm-hmm. Should get credit for that and should get credit for his international accolades because Hall of Fame resume is not just NBA. It's everything. And as I just, you know, peppered a few of them at you, his international highlights of career medals individual and team is too long to list so there it is me tony hall of famer yes what do you think yeah there's absolutely no doubt that tony kukoc is a hall of famer and it's so many things i hope I, i get a chance to say them all so many things in my head about him when he came in he came in during a time european players were not looked at as real basketball players he came in at a time where they were super respected i mean look when he got drafted um 
it, it just wasn't a thing. They, they were still looked at as soft. That label was still there for European players. Like, these guys are soft. Tony was a pioneer in that sense. Um, because there's everybody that came kind of came after him that plays with that kind of style and flair owes a debt of gratitude to Tony Kukoc, every European player, because they all grew up watching him. Him being on the Bulls uh, helped with him getting, I guess, that kind of eyes on him and that kind of recognition because the Bulls were global. And that's the other brilliant thing that Jerry Krause did was getting Tony Kukoc, he understood the Bulls are already global. Getting Tony Kukoc, who was considered the Michael Jordan of Europe, guess what? We just got bigger as a brand and as a team. So that was a brilliant decision by uh, Jerry Krause. And like you said, Matt, from day one, the first game against Milwaukee, when he walked in and he's hitting buzzer beaters and he hits that three-pointer, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the three-pointer he hit uh, against the Pacers during the Reggie when he took the bow. And guess who, guess who, guess who hit the shot to win the game? That was Tony. All right, the next game that you mentioned. But the two games for me, Matt, what always stands out to me and what's where I think his it, what he did isn't talked about enough was the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because Tony Kukos was colossal. People forget there were plenty of games where he was starting over Dennis Rodman in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Tony Kukos was the starter. And Tony would go in and drop 30 when they needed it. And I mean, there wasn't a, there were so many games where the Bulls were struggling and they needed a shot or they needed a bucket, or they needed that spark. It was Tony Kukoc that got it for them. That game seven against the Pacers, that game seven, when Jordan, when the Bulls were playing terrible and tough, I believe Mike had, what, 28 or something that game. You know who was second in scoring? Tony Kukoc. Kukoc had like 21 that game. It was Tony Kukoc. Game six. Game six uh, against the Jazz in, in 98, when Mike had 45, and ain't nobody else scoring double digits. You know the only person that double digits that game? Tony Kukoc. Because Tony Kukoc had like 15 of them points that game. He was super duper important. I'm trying to remember the playoff game that he had 30 in that he won. It was either the playoff game or the finals. But the moment never seemed too big for Tony Kukoc from day one. It never looked like anything was over his head. It never looked like he didn't belong. It always looked like he was a veteran from day one. He, he just walked in and was like, yeah, this is what I do. His, his one-handed shimmy shake crossover that he was killing the league with for years. For years. Nobody could figure this out. Uh-uh. And he's gone. All he needs you to do is bite. He just needs you to bite on it. And he was out of there to the bucket. The passes that he threw. The flair. Everything that you're seeing right now as far as what basketball is for European players in that style, some of that can be attributed to what Tony Kukos did for this game. That's why I don't think – that's why I disagreed with Sam Smith slightly – it's because I don't think the game was ready for a Luka Doncic-type player at that point in time. Um, so I don't think, you know, because <laughs> of Tony's style and Tony's game, I don't know if there was a team that would be willing to build that around him at that point in time. Because if they were, they would have drafted him. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and he wasn't. He was to the world champion Chicago Bulls. You know what right. I mean? He fell to that team. So there was a reason that that happened. But I hear his point. Because Tony was amazing. He was incredible. Like you said, Matt said, it's too long of a list to go through to talk about this man's accolades, man. But Tony was an incredible. And his teammates to tell you just how important he was and just how good of a person he was. He's our friend. We met him. He's great. Tony Kukos. Love Tony. Love Tony. Mm-hmm. Love uh, Tony, man. Yeah. So that that final finals, Jazz 98, he averaged 37 minutes per game. Mm. The mm. dude was mm. a rock when really MJ didn't have many rocks left at that point. Yes. Ro- Ro- yes. Was, 
Robin was old, falling apart, and mentally yep. not there. Right. Uh, Luke Longley, old, falling apart. Scotty Pippen, doctor said he needed a backyotomy. Okay? Yeah, like, there was yeah. Ron Harper, old, falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Two who coach in that '98 Finals averaged 15, four and th- four and a half and three. I mean, mm. like mm. that. That is that is production that that team desperately needed because, like you said, like it was MJ and a bunch of tired scrubs at that point. Yeah. Tony, it was man. Tony deserves that credit, and Scotty said it as part of the you know like highlights video that they played at the induction on Saturday night, and and I I agree with Scotty. And this is Scotty, who hated Tony Kukoc because he thought, that's my money, not your money, in 1992. <laughs> he said, we don't win those three, those second three uh, championships without Tony. And he's absolutely right. They don't. I mean, no every lie. team needs that critical, okay, here's your Batman, here's your Robin, who's the yeah. other guy? And sometimes the other guy was Rodman just winning a mental battle like doing his best to slow down Shaq or Patrick Ewing or Alonzo Mourning or whoever, mm-hmm. and, and while while grabbing twenty five rebounds, but yeah. Dennis didn't do that all the time. And, no, and look, like <laughs> T- Tony was a little streaky at times with his shooting, but most often, if Tony had a look at an open three, back when threes were like as a team, you took maybe eight a game. Yeah, if Tony if Tony went up from behind the arc, you're like that's going in. You, yes, you had that yes. kind of confidence in him and. Next to behind, maybe only Steve Kerr. When that team needed a th- a three, you were looking for Tony, and yes. he was a six foot eleven dude who could put the ball on the floor and get to the hoop. That's like, huge. And he man, didn't exist. Going back and watching a lot of Tony Kukoc like uh, highlight reels and packages on YouTube over the past week as we got close to his Hall of Fame, the mm. thing that I just somehow. You know, you, you think of the waiter who hits threes. You think of him running the floor with that frame. His passing was outrageous. Probably doesn't get talked about enough. Some of the passes that dude made, dribbling through defenses as a near mm. seven-footer, on the move, making no-look passes, making behind-the-back mm. passes. Like, shit that you 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 watch it and you're like, I, I, wow, that dude could pass <laughs> the ball. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous transition vision. Gorgeous yeah. transition vision. He made he made guys look good. You know what I mean? Because if you look at the people he was passing to, okay, don't don't forget the people he was passing to is like Dickie Simpkins. Yeah. Is it like Jason McCaffrey? Is Jason uh, Caffey? You know, Jason it's Caffey, not guys. Maybe. It's not guys who were uh, long for the NBA. You know, or weren't no. considered. You know, those elite superstar kind of guys. So Tony Kukoc is playing with those bench and is running the point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With that bench in that second unit, that's when he would get his time. Is that that's the time he would get his time? But I can't say enough about him in the playoffs, man, because that's where I think he really doesn't get discussed. Is everybody knows what he did in the regular season? I mean, he's got a six man of the year award. We we saw it. You know, I talked about the game winning shots that he hit and all that stuff. But it's what he did in the playoffs. That was it for me because those games he would come in and start. There was a reason. This is the finals. He wouldn't start all season. And he would get to the finals and start? Come on, man. Like, that. come on. That's telling you a lot. That's saying something. And it didn't get too big for him. You know, it, it wasn't like he was freaking out. He was like, well, yeah. you know, having another game. This is how it goes. We're doing another game. So he was just amazing. And, you know, the whole time I'm saying that, I think of that Steve Kerr story that he told about Tony Kukos. You remember that story? 
what he said, what Tony does, and how he eats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark yep. Yeah. Yep. He said, no, we eat, we play well, we eat well, we drink well, we take big dump, and then we go play a game. <laughs> That's all I hear in my head, man, is that story. But, but yeah, man, Tony was really a special, unique kind of basketball player. And him being a left-handed basketball player added mm-hmm. to the uniqueness of who he is, man. So right. he deserves all those accolades. He really does. And, you know, uh, last thing for me as far as Tony and his transition from international name to this guy's helping, you know, the Bulls dynasty win chips. Uh, so while I was up in Mish having a couple of weeks with the family, clearing my mind and taking some time off, I, I got mm. to, to do some pleasure reading, which I really don't ever get to do. If I'm reading okay. anything, in my day-to-day, I'm reading sports, you know, opinion articles and reports, whatever, on Twitter. But So I, I read Dream Team, a book by Jack McCallum, you know, legendary NBA and basketball journalist who was in Barcelona covering that team. He was with them every step of the way from the Pacific Northwest where they were doing some scrimmaging through to Vegas, onto Monte Carlo, and then Barcelona. Great book. Okay. And there is an entire chapter dedicated to the Tony game, Right. Okay, it is okay. MJ and Scotty talking to all their Dream Team teammates before the game saying, y'all, we got Tony. This kid <laughs> yes, is like yes. the, the MJ of Euro basketball, whatever. We are going to shut this kid down. And it's hilarious to hear all of their other Dream Team teammates make comments in this book about like, yeah, dude, like MJ and Scotty, like they were great defenders, but like, holy shit. Like I've never <laughs> seen anybody defend anybody like I defended Tony Kukoc in that first yeah. Croatian game. And they, yeah. you know, they you know, they wouldn't even let him get the ball. Would not they let wouldn't. him get the ball. And after the game, Scotty says to the media, US and international, well, uh do, do you think I do you think I think he can play in the NBA? No. Basically, mm. look what just happened. No, I think mm. he's in the right league. AKA stay over here and for the love of God, will Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf give me a better contract cuz I deserve it? And y'all are fawning over this kid, and I just mm. pantsed him on national television. Yeah, yeah. And they, Tony, they, res- and Tony responded from that man. They meet again true. in the gold medal game, and that's the part that I loved hearing about in the book as well. People don't talk about that as much as the first USA Croatia game. Mm. Tony was emasculated in that first game, and he didn't even really know why they were mad at him. They were like, "Dude, I got a newborn baby." I live in a war-torn country. I'm just happy to be here playing in the Olympics. And these guys are out here trying to kill me. Yeah. And he comes back for the gold medal game. And yes, Croatia loses. It's a, it's a narrower margin than the first USA-Croatia game. And Tony Kukoc is a big reason for that. The score is more respectable and the game is slightly more respectable because Tony bounced back from that humiliation and had a good game. And he even got some kudos from those NBA uh, you know, all-star slash dream teamers after the game. He said, that Tony, he he, you know, good for him. He he could yeah. have hidden away and said, "Wow, I pretend I'm not here because I don't want to go through what I went through again, what, like that first game." No, mm-hmm. he he showed. I you know, th- going back to your thing about Euro players and soft. Tony Kukoc proved in that gold medal game that's bull. He was mm-hmm. not soft. He he no. he showed up and fought and earned some of that manhood back. Yeah, that is a great point, Matt. That is a great point, and. I mean, I just I can't get you know, and when you look at the league and what it is now, just of how and I think I've I've said this to you before on this show, that the argument can be made that the top three players in the league are all not from here. They're all they're all European players, you know? 
you got Luca, you got Jokic, and, and you got the Greek Freak. Um, and they have all the accolades. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like you can argue that. All of them, in my opinion, owe a, owe a, owe a debt of gratitude to Tony Kukoc and, and what he did right. and what he set forward and the tra- trail that he blazed. You know, he made, he, made, he made it easy for guys like Dirk coming up. You know what I'm saying? He made it easy yeah. for Dirk to get in here and actually grow. Because I promise you, when Tony Kukos came in that league and was a little, you know, off, off, you know, mentally and wasn't mm-hmm. doing great in those things, it would have been a disaster. People would have been lambasting him. It would have been mm-hmm. all over Tony Kukoc. So it was very important for him not to just succeed um, physically, but to ch- show that he could take the mental toll. Because, like, again, he was destroying stereotypes of European basketball players Every single game, with every single bucket, with every single pass, with every single win, with every single fist pump, because he hit the last second shot. He was destroying a bear and, and laying the foundation for what you see today. So you right. you all owe a debt of gratitude to Tony Kukoc, man, and, and definitely appreciate what he did here. Yeah, uh, you know there 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 likely isn't a Luca uh, w- without Tony. Um, th- there is one appearance. In that amazing book, Dream Team by Jack McCallum, highly recommend reading it if you haven't already, if you're an NBA junkie and love the story of the 92 Dream Team. Um, Arturis Karnaschovas makes an appearance, makes a little cameo yeah. in that book, and it is just mm-hmm. a secondhand reference of him requesting a picture while he was playing <laughs> for his national team. And that's our new VP of Basketball Ops, who is one of many to turn the NBA into a global mm-hmm. league, a global mm-hmm. sport. And Dave... The the three most recent NBA regular season MVPs, international players. Crazy. And, Crazy. and Luca is probably a season or two away from his first right. MVP. If, exactly. if Mark Cuban could get him some freaking help down there in yes. Dallas. So yes. kudos, kudos, kudos to Tony Kukoc. Uh, a wonderful guy. Like you said, we got to hang out with him uh, a couple years back at a Bulls event. So, so nice. Fun. Uh, so, you know, hu- humored are a mil- peppering him with a million questions about the yes, good old days. Yes, and it yes. was just awesome to see him up there on that stage with a smiling MJ, who, yeah. who you know, after everything they went through, first as enemies and then as teammates, Tony was one of the players who earned MJ's respect. Uh, yeah, so much yeah. so that, that MJ was proud to, to sit there and represent him and welcome him into the hall over the weekend. Uh, awesome stuff for, for mm-hmm. just the nostalgia of those great Bulls days. And also a good, important conversation for what Tony did for Euro players and and the explosion of the success of Euro players in the NBA 20, 30 years after his NBA career. That's it. That's all we were talking about today. We will be back either tomorrow or Wednesday with another fresh episode, and then we'll get to some mailbag later on in the week. Again, hit us up if you want to be a part of the conversation, 331-979-1369. You can text us that number. You can call in and leave voicemails at that number. You can also send us an email, octopulls at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter. I am at Bulls underscore Peck. He is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. Big Dave, real quick, last thing. Denzel, difference maker in Cleveland, yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't get out of here. Couldn't get out of here without mentioning it. Mm. Denzel! He's not my problem anymore. He's not here. I'm good. Well, much success to him. I hope he does do something. I hope they learn how to use him right. I really do. I mean, I, his, I just love his his signing brought back that video of him chucking that three. And that oh, 
Oh man! It oh was, man! And then it they was sh- everywhere on Twitter. No, it was that one, and it was the fast break that he ran when he put the ball between his legs to nobody. And yeah, it was my goodness, my goodness. I I hope they learn how to use him right because he. I I've always said if you can harness him, you'll have something. But no, but man, he's he's got to be got to harness that man. Like what I mean by that, man, is like two threes, and then be like, okay, we're done. <laughs> like okay, get out of there. Go go sit down. Yeah. The 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 way to use him properly is to give him a hairnet and put him behind the buffet line in the mirror. Wow. That is that is how you use Denzel properly. Wow. Or or any aspiring musicians, rappers, hip hop artists out there, you can you can show them his album and say, do the opposite of this if you want to be good. Stop this man. Oh, oh my goodness, man! Oh my goodness! Good this luck, is, oh. Denzel. Good, Good luck, luck Denzel. man. For if he real, gets bro. minutes for the Cavs, it means more wins for the Bulls. I'm, you know, that we we play that team a million times a season. So we do, we do. The, oh, the Lowry Denzel revenge game. Oh, baby. it's coming! It's coming, man! It's on the way. I'm gonna be holding what? my sauce. I'm gonna be holding but my not, sauce. But ready. not before the Tomas Sadoransky revenge. Oh, game. so many thirty-point triple doubles are coming! Oh, can't wait. Oh, oh it's going to be amazing. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. And can't wait to hang out with y'all again for our next episode coming up tomorrow or Wednesday. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thanks, y'all, for subscribing to this year's YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Locked on Bulls and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked on Bulls on YouTube. Until next time, that's Big Dave. I'm Matt. Thanks for listening, y'all. See you, Red. Be good. Peace out. Tony. Tony.